Hey, come on. I'm a little amped. I had some coffee before service, caramel, iced coffee. I am amped. I mean, I'm already anointed, but you had some caramel iced coffee to the anointing. You got, you're getting a double dose of the Holy Ghost flowing through me today. Come on. Woo! Wow. And, and you know what? I look, I, I got a notification. Pacer told me I've already taken 6,000 steps and I haven't even done my walk today. It's just being here in morning prayer and then at the two services, y- y'all know I'm amped. So I'm going to hit 10,000 easy. Come on. I'm amped. Come on. Wow. Well, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings because I know that uh, you came ready to give. And I don't want to miss the opportunity to give you the opportunity to sow. And so I want to thank you for your faithfulness in sowing. Uh, church, you are making a great difference. And God has provided for not just this campus, Cutler campus, because of the great team that sows week in and week out. And I'm appreciative of that. Well, this morning, I'm also grateful, as you heard at the beginning, I was able to dedicate family to the Lord. And uh, I have family here, my, my, my mother-in-law from Hayward, California. She came to be here with us this weekend. Uh, Anita Camarillo, thank you. She, uh, you know, I tell my friends, my, my, my band of brothers, I'm more blessed than you are because your mother-in-laws don't sow into your ministry. But my mother-in-law, every month, we get an envelope from her sent from Hayward to our house so that we'll sow it into the offering. She gives tithes and offering to our house because she believes in the vision of this house. Thank you. And so that's why I got you that cheesecake with lemon meringue from Costco to say thank you. <laughs> and also I see, I see my, my uncles are here. I have two of my uncles and two of my aunts here. You already know John and Holly. Would you stand John and Holly Placencia? You know them already. Good to see them in the house. My uncle John was a great fast pitch pitcher in softball, right? And he taught me how to hit fast pitch softball. I mean, he taught me and he forced me to play as a teenager and I'm grateful because I got good because of my uncle. And then I have Benji and my, my uncle Benji, my Aunt Dina, all the way from the Stockton area. Would you stand up here? Oh, I'm so glad to have them as well. Man. My my uncle Benji, he, he would come over our house and we would watch when the Lakers were really good. We would watch them because back in that day, they would tape delay the games and they would start at 1130 and he would come over and we'd watch and, and I'd stay up with him. Let's watch the Lakers. And I used to be a Laker fan. I used to be. Okay. <laughs> but it's so good to have them. And then my cousin Dina, would you stand up, Dina? So good to see you. All right. Come on. Oh, man, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed to have family here today. And so y'all better treat me right because, yeah. I told Brother Alfonso, you, you saw the picture for the upcoming men of doom. I said, man, I saw that and I got scared because it made him look like he's been in the pinta. I said, I thought, I thought, you know, <laughs> man, he's, he, he looked hardcore. And then Brother Jesse all looks all clean cut. Yeah, you look like he's been a pastor since he was a baby. I mean, but you have Alfonso like, orale. <laughs> it's like, whoa. It's like me and my brother Robert. He looks like he's been, he was in the pinta. <laughs> oh, come on. Say behave, pastor. <laughs> I told you, you need to pray for me all the time. Well, as my wife mentioned, this past Wednesday, we began a series entitled Worship Order. 
And this series is based on an Old Testament passage in the Scriptures that God used to lay a foundation in my life to how praise and worship ministry is to be established and practiced here at CWC Life. And uh, I want to go to it because I don't just believe that for some it's going to be a refresher course, but especially because God is doing something new in this house. And I want to make sure that we all understand why we do what we do here at CWC in the area of praise and worship. After this series, I'm going to share from another Old Testament passage of why we have the structure that we do regarding greeting and regarding the type of practical ministry that we carry out week in and week out at CWC. Because I want you to know the foundation principles that guide who we are and because I want us to continue to go forward because it's all biblically based. So we're going to look at a second principle today on worship order, worship order. I shared the first principle on Wednesday night, which is worship is to be prophetic. Worship is to be prophetic. Today we're going to look at a different principle, but let me begin by sharing with you a story of an old farmer. There was an old farmer that went to the city one weekend and he attended a big city church. He came home and he, his wife asked him how it was. Well, said the farmer, it was good. They did something different, however. They sang praise choruses instead of hymns. Praise choruses, said the wife. What are those? Oh, they're okay. They're sort of like hymns, only different, said the farmer. Well, what's the difference? asked the wife. The farmer said, Well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn. Well, that would be a hymn. If on the other hand, I were to say to you, Martha, 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 oh, Martha, 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 the cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the cows, cows, cows are in the corn, are in the corn are in the corn, are in the corn. Well, that would be a praise chorus. (laughs) If you've been at CWC Life, you know that we have gone through different shifts. We've gone through different styles and different changes regarding praise and worship. And that's because we want to always be flexible and expanding. We want to not just know what are the foundational songs that have helped the church go forward, but we believe that the spirit that has spoken is still speaking today. And so as we look at this topic of worship order, I want you to go with me to that Old Testament passage that I referred to earlier. It's found in First Chronicles chapter 25, verses 1 through 8. First Chronicles 25, 1 through 8. It says, Moreover, David and the captains of the army separated for the service some of the sons of Asaph, of Heman, and of Jeduthun, Jeduthun, who should prophesy, notice, with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals. And the number of the skilled men performing their service was of the sons of Asaph, Zachar, Joseph, Nethaniah, and Asarela. The sons of Asaph were under the direction of Asaph, notice, who prophesied according to the order of the king. Of Jeduthun, the sons of Jeduthun, Gedaliah, Zeri, Jeshiah, Shimi, Hashabiah, and Mathathiah, six under the direction of their father, Jeduthun, who prophesied with the harp to give thanks and to praise the Lord. Of Heman, the sons of Heman, Bekiah, Mathathiah, Uziel, Shebiel, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliatha, 
Jadeltai, Ramatai Ezer. His mom didn't like him. That's why she gave him that long name. Josh Bekasha, Malathi, Hathor, and Mahazioth. All these were the sons of Heman, the king's seers. The king's seer in the words of God to exalt his horn. For God gave Heman 14 sons and three daughters. Notice, all these were under the direction of their father for the music in the house of the Lord with cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps for the service of the house of God. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman were under the authority of the king. So the number of them were with their brethren who were instructed in the songs of the Lord. All who were skillful was 288. And they cast lots for their duty, the small as well as the great, the teacher with the student. Now, this is what we call the establishment of Davidic worship. In the book of Amos, as well as in the book of Acts, the Bible speaks of the tabernacle of David. And it's a reference to, those that study praise and worship will tell you, the tabernacle of David is a reference to a style of praise and worship that was introduced under David, through David, that is expressive and that is God-exalting. And the book of Acts says that God is going to restore the tabernacle of David. What that means is that God is restoring worship and praise that not only exalts Him, but that is expressive in a way that magnifies Him as well as fulfills His purpose in the earth. Now, when we look at how David established worship, we discover that he did so in an orderly fashion. In fact, these three men that are mentioned, Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman, they had under them those that were part of choirs and instrumentalists and vocalists that made three teams, and they served on a rotation basis. There was order, there was structure that was established under Davidic worship. So why do we do what we do here at CWC Live CB in the area of praise and worship? And why do we have the services structured the way we do here at CWC Life CB? Because of not only what David did, but also because of what the Apostle Paul instructed. In 1 Corinthians 14.40, he writes, Let all things be done, notice, decently and in order. The word decently means properly arranged. Arranged properly. And then he says in order. Meaning there should be structure. There should be Guidelines. There should be principles that govern how a service is conducted. You see, we are a church here that believes in following divine order, God's order, as revealed in His Word. Now, some would ask, how does this apply? Or how is this applied at CWC Life CV with regards to our PW crew and worship? Well, this past week, I asked uh, our, our pianist here, one of our leaders in worship, Ali, to respond to some questions that I had. And, 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 and this is what her response to the questions that I posed to her. She said, we do practices split with vocalists and musicians because we believe that we need to operate in the spirit of excellence. That way, we are able to work on our parts and make sure everything works. She points out, Heidi directs the vocalist on when to come in and when to not sing. She also gives them their vocal parts for each song. Then Ali said, I help keep the musicians on the same page by talking to them and following whoever is leading the song. 
I am positioned where I am on stage so I have access to see the vocalist, to get any cues, and tell everyone where we are going. I can also see the musicians, and they can see me. So we're all on the same page. You see, even the way that our team is positioned, it's in a properly arranged way. Even the way the vocalist and the instrumentalist prepare and practicing for our services, they're doing it so that they comply and fulfill God's Word to offer services to praise and worship that are done decently and in order. Why? Because that's biblical. That's God's way. But I want you to understand something. Our worship is structured but not scripted. Let me say that again. Our worship is structured but not scripted. In other words, we are open to the Spirit's leading. We believe in both structure and spontaneity. We believe in both structure and spontaneity. That's why you'll come to a service and you're like, all right, we're doing the three songs. And then you're like, wait a minute. They're not doing just three songs. They're going into another song. They're going to know why. Because there are moments when we sense and we know the Holy Spirit has stepped in. Because he wants to do something beyond what was structured. And we're open to that. Because we believe what the Bible says. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And we know that where he leads, we want to follow so that we experience the fruit of his working amongst us. Now, I want to look at the pattern found in this Old Testament passage of 1 Chronicles 25 because it contains principles that are foundational to the way that we've developed our PW crew ministry. The pattern that we see here in 1 Chronicles 25 is both instructing and inspiring. Uh, We are looking at the principles contained in this biblical passage because they set a pattern that lead to progress in the area of praise and worship. So, as I mentioned before, we're going to look today at the second principle that's found in this passage. But before we do, I want you to go with me to 1 Chronicles 25.1. Notice there how it begins. Moreover, David and the captains of the armies separated. Did you get that? Moreover, David and the captains of the armies separated. For what? David consulted the captains of his armies to help him in deciding who would be making up the praise and worship teams. He consulted them. Why is that so? Why did he consult the captains of his armies in making the decision to choose who would make up the worshipers? Because David understood something that you and I need to learn. That is this. That it is through worship that the people of God war. And it is through worship that the people of God soar. Let me say that again. Through worship, we war. And through worship, we soar. Mm. You'll find examples not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. That when God's people worshipped Him, God showed up in the middle of their battle and He turned the tables on the enemy. When God's people worshipped Him, He showed up when they were on lockdown and He brought release and freedom to them. Just ask Paul and Silas. And I'm saying to you today, if you find yourself confined, restricted by your circumstances, don't you keep silent. Open your mouth and 
give him your worship because he will manifest who he is in the middle of your muddle and in the middle of your mess when you worship. When you worship. And then to worship we soar. Now God doesn't just want you and I to be spiritually alive. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to grow. He wants us to flourish. And that happens when we live, live a life of worship. I like the way the songwriter and worship leader Brian Dorkson puts it. He says, becoming a worshiper means becoming a warrior. And by toning that down, we have sent men and women away from the church in droves. He continues, it's time to call them back as worshiping warriors. That is as warriors who are surrendered to God. Warriors who know that their authority comes because they are under authority. Warriors willing to wait even when everyone else is rushing ahead. Or warriors willing to act decisively in obedience to their commanding officer, Jesus Christ, even when everybody else is lagging behind in disobedience. Now here's the second principle I want us to see. Worship is to be directed. Worship is to be directed. What do you mean, Pastor? Look again at 1 Chronicles 25, verses 2 and 6. 1 Chronicles 25, 2 and 6. Of the sons of Asaph, Asaph, Zachar, Joseph, Nathaniah, and Asherela. Sons of Asaph, under the direction of Asaph. Notice, who prophesied under the direction of the king. They were all under the direction of their father. And the music in the house of the Lord with cymbals, hearts, and lyres were the service of the house of God. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman were under the order of the king. Do you see? There was structure. There was order. There was structure. And they followed direction. The sons of, the children of, Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman, they followed the direction of their fathers in fulfilling their roles in praise and worship. But notice, Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman, they followed the direction of the king. There was order. Do you see it? There was order. Now, we are, if you didn't know it, we're like a, we're, we, we are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the move of the Spirit. And I've been raised Pentecostal. Let me tell you something. I'm glad for my roots, but I also... Being raised in Pentecostalism have seen some things that now I know wasn't God. <laughs> I saw some stuff and I'm like, that's just plain weird. Uh, that's just plain crazy. I, I saw some stuff and, and it was all in the name. And, and, and being raised in church, in the Pentecostal church, especially in the church I was raised in, I saw some stuff and, 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 I, and I saw some people on stage who shouldn't been on stage. But, you know, but sister so-and-so said, I have a special I want to sing. And God judged that pastor who allowed her to sing. Well, just bless her heart, because when she would get up there, she was the only one blessed as she was singing. Because God didn't gift her to sing. But we felt, no, we need to allow freedom in the Spirit. But let's look at what the Scripture says, huh? 1 Corinthians 14, 26-33. 1 Corinthians 14, 26-33 says, What then, brothers? Now, this is Paul giving instruction when the church gathers together in assembly, like we are. He says, What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hint, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. 
Notice what he says. Let all things be done for what? Building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two, or at most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all say all. Be encouraged. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to prophets. For God, notice, is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, understand, the Apostle Paul is writing this whole chapter because of two extremes that the church is prone to make. Either extreme restriction or extreme liberty. And we are not to get caught up in those two extremes. That's why he said, do not forbid to speak in tongues. In other words, don't overly or excessively restrict. There's room for tongues, but with interpretation, he points out. But neither allow just anything to happen. There needs to be order. Because, you know, and I I, I was here one time at this altar. And somebody came and said, well, so-and-so is here. And I had no clue who so-and-so was. But they told me so-and-so uh, believes that they have a word to deliver. And, I, and I'm like, I could care less if they feel like they have a word to deliver. They're not part of this house. I don't know who they are from Adam. And if, if, if the Lord had a word, he would have let me know beforehand. I have a word to deliver. But this person had the gall to come up and say, well, I, hi, I'm so-and-so. And then I read, okay, this is a person. And I had no clue who that person was. And I knew what they were waiting for, for me to tell them, oh, yeah, when I go up there, you can go ahead and share. Uh-uh, I did not let them share. Why? Because I don't know them from Adam. And at the same time, the Lord has called me to lead this house. And I've been in church long enough to know that there's people that get a mic in their hand and they start saying some dumb stuff. And I'm going to be responsible for what is said here. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. And so Paul is going to see, there's people, well, I feel I have something for the Lord. And you may have something, but it's for you only. Well, I have a song to sing, and you can't hold a key. Well, you know what? Sing it in your shower. And bless yourself. You say, Pastor, you're being mean. No, no, no. God gives us in different ways. And we're going to follow divine order. We're going to follow the instruction of Scripture. And in this church, we're going to honor God by honoring His Word. Worship is to be directed. Why? Here's why. Without direction, there is confusion. Where there's confusion, notice, there's frustration. Have you ever been to a service? I have plenty. Where it looked like, and you could tell, they didn't know where they were going. When I was growing up in church, I mean, it'd be like the person that was going to lead service, five minutes before is trying to arrange how the service is going to be. And what songs are going to sing. And then if they weren't really prepared, I, I, I saw this, and some, some of you will recognize this if you grew up in church. They would, pues hermanos, brothers, which song would you like to sing? I'm like, and there would be like, these songs don't even go together. They don't even connect. There's not a, a theme here. Now we're going from praising God to, there's a church in the valley. La, la, la. I'm like, 
So what? There's a church in the valley, but that doesn't help me. I want to know how to exalt him. Without direction, there is confusion. Where there's confusion, there's frustration. Bible teacher David Gusick writes, If there is confusion and disorder at a church meeting, it's not from God. God may do things we don't understand and things that seem strange or unpredictable to us, but there will not be a general atmosphere of confusion or weirdness. He goes on to point out some in justifying their strange and unbiblical practices at church meetings have declared this spiritual principle. God cannot reach the heart without offending the mind. This is unscriptural nonsense. It results in the attitude that the more confused and crazy and weird it is, the more it must be from God. How different that is from the teaching of Paul here. Now, I believe in what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe that. It's a, it's a scriptural doctrine. But I do not believe that you have to speak in tongues to be saved. But there is a group within the church world that believes not only do you have to be baptized in a certain way, you also have to be, you have to speak in tongues in order to be saved. Okay? Well, back in the day, there was a a, a guy on his Honda motorcycle who was riding around town and he drove by which which was a storefront church, but he he didn't see it as a church because it just looked like a storefront building. And he heard a lot of music coming out of it and he heard a lot of just a noise coming out. He thought, oh wow, a party. So he he turns back on his Honda motorcycle and he goes and and he parks it in front of that building and he walks in thinking, all right, it's going to be a party. And lo and behold, when he walked in, he realized, oh, shoot, it's a church service. And they're going crazy, all that stuff. And, and then these ushers see him before he's able to get out. After realizing he had mistaken it for a party, they grabbed him. They take him up to the altar. And they said, you need the Holy Ghost. And they lay hands on him and say, you, you need the Holy Ghost. You need Jesus in your life. And the guy's struggling to get out. And they know you need the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and finally he's able to grapple his way out. And he runs out the building. And he goes to where his motorcycle was parked. And he realizes it's not there. So he goes back into the building with waving his hands. Hey, who stole a Mahanda? Who stole a Mahanda? The ushers go, you got it, brother. You got it. No, he didn't get the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He was looking for his Honda. So why do we need direction in the church? Here it is. Direction results in edification. Don't miss this. Direction involved, it results in edification. Listen to me. When we follow the Lord's directions as given by his instructions, it will result in edification. Remember what Paul says. What we do in church is for the purpose of building up. Building up who? The body. Not just you. That's why he said it's better if you speak intelligible words than speak in tongues in a church gathering. Why? Because when you speak in tongues, you're speaking to God. You're being edified, but nobody else is without interpretation. And he says when we gather, it's for the purpose of building up the body. Not just for you to be blessed. Our gatherings here at CWC Life are not meant for the purpose of entertaining, but rather for the purpose of edifying. 
We gather at CWC Life, not for entertaining, but for edifying. And the purpose of our gatherings is not to be inward, but outward. What do you mean? When I come to God's house, I should not just come with God, I want you to bless me, but also come with God. How do you want to bless through me? Lord, if you want to work through one of your gifts to minister to somebody, here am I, Lord. That's what Paul says. We are to gather for the purpose of building up, encouraging, comforting, giving somebody a word that will help them move forward in their journey with God and not just be blessed ourselves. And then Biblical worship gives direction toward the imitation of good things. Let me say that again. Biblical worship gives direction toward the imitation of good things. What do you mean, Pastor? Justin the martyr was executed for his faith around A.D. 165. His writing and leadership helped shape and influence countless believers He has given the oldest non-biblical description of what Christian worship we have, of Christian worship we have. He wrote this, and it's coming out on the screen. This is what he wrote. On the day called Sunday, all who live in cities or in the country gather together to one place, and the memoirs of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read as long as time permits. Then... When the reader has ceased, the president verbally instructs and exhorts, notice, to the imitation of these good things. Breaking it down. The writings of the prophets is a reference to the Old Testament. And the memoirs of the apostles refers to the New Testament. True worship will invariably lead us to the imitation of these good things we have heard from God's Word. How does that apply to CWC Life? Here it is. At CWC Life CV, we are committed to creating worship experiences that include the elements of inspiration, instruction, application, impartation, demonstration, with the goal, aim, target of a life transformation. When you come to this house, you need to know we're expecting inspiration to come. Why? This is why we pray up before we come to our services. Before your pastor is here, leading you here at the 1030 service, I've been here early Sunday morning praying, asking God, God, I don't just want you to help me to preach, but I want you to send your spirit Because if your spirit comes, we'll get inspiration. We'll get divine breath that will help us to move forward. God, give us inspiration. And when you come here, you're not going to get a TED talk. You're not going to get a pep talk. You're going to get God talk. You're going to get a word from the word. Because we believe that his word is what gives us the equipping, the empowering, the edifying by which you and I can be rooted and grounded. And that no matter if the storms come, we will not not be uprooted because we are grounded and founded on that which is eternal. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. Woo! And when you come here, 
We're going to tell you what the scripture means and how to apply it. We're not going to leave you in the dark. We're not going to give you principles and leave you trying to figure out how do I apply that. Because we believe that the word is more than just for information. It's for application leading to transformation. And we will have times of impartation. This is why we believe on the laying on of the hands. This is why we have altar calls. Because we want the Holy Spirit to have the opportunity to impart what the Word of God says can happen. Miracles, signs, and wonders. We believe that the God that worked in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is alive and well today and is still the God of miracles, signs, and wonders today as well. Woo! So, let me end this the way I ended it on Wednesday. The three fathers that are mentioned as the heads of the worship teams, their names, I believe, were prophetic. Their names were prophetic. Their names represent the characteristics that should characterize those who make up worship teams and those who desire to be the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Asaph, his name means gatherer. Say gatherer. He was to be a gatherer, not a scatterer. He was to be a unifier, not a divider. A peacemaker, not a peace breaker. Jesus said this in Matthew 20, 30. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. He said this, but prior to saying that, he said, A house divided against itself will not stand. So, if you're part of the PW crew team, it's expected that you're a gatherer, not a divider. If you've adopted this place as your home church... I expect of you what I expect of myself, to be a gatherer, not a divider, a, a, a gatherer, not a scatterer, a unifier, not a divider, a peacemaker, not a peace breaker. We are meant to work together. We are meant to work in unity. Why? Because Jesus said it, I and my Father are one. And behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. What happens when there's unity? The anointing comes. It falls on Aaron's head and it flows down his garments, down through his feet. And then God sends dew from heaven. Not only is there the release of his power, there's a demonstration of refreshment and renewal in the Holy Spirit. That's why at this house, we're not about cliques. We're not about clubs. We're about family. We are one through the blood of Jesus Christ and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And then Jaduthan his name means praising. If you're part of the praise and worship team, you are not just to be a worshiper by name, a worshiper when you're on the stage. You are to worship as a lifestyle. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't just worship Him when you feel good. You worship Him when you feel bad. Why? Because regardless, the Lamb is worthy to be praised. He gave His all, and He deserves my worship. 
Woo! The psalmist put it this way. The psalmist said this in Psalm 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mind. Let me remind you. Worship is not a Sunday thing. Worship is an everyday thing. It's an all day thing. I worship Him when I'm on the mountaintop. I worship Him when I'm in the valley. I worship Him when I'm feeling good. I worship Him when I'm feeling bad. I worship Him when I'm healed and whole. I worship Him when I'm sick. I worship Him when I'm strong. I worship Him when I'm weak. I worship Him because He is worthy regardless. And then there's Heman. Say Heman. His name means faithful. Faithful. Worshippers are to be characterized by faithfulness. Remember, consistency builds credibility. Consistency builds credibility. Reliability is demonstrated through stickability. Now, you're not dealing with a novice here. You're not dealing with somebody that just uh, uh, came to Christ yesterday. I've been walking with him for a long time. And as I shared on Wednesday night, I'll tell you that we're not here on Wednesday. Pastor Angel is not always 100%. There have been times, and she knows it, I've been at 20%. I've been at 30%, but you wouldn't know it. Because when I got up here, I gave a hundred of my 30%. Why? Not because I'm someone special, but because I'm grateful that he reached me where he reached me. I was in a pit that nobody including myself could not get myself from out of. I was in a lifestyle and a bondage that I couldn't free myself from. Oh, but I called on his name and he was willing to get his hands dirty and muddy for me. And he's been faithful to uphold me and to keep me. You wonder why I worship and preach the way I do? It's not because I'm trying to look pretty or prime or trying to look like a TV preacher. This is a man who knows I do not deserve what I have, but he has been faithful. Therefore, I'm going to return the favor and serve him the way he deserves. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Instrumentalist vocalist, those of you that are part of this house and you're a worshiper, you're a steward of what God's gifted you to do. You're to manage it faithfully, honorably, for His name. There's a composer. His name, Johann Johann Sebastian Bach. Anybody heard of Bach? He said this, All music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where this is not remembered, there is no real music, but only a devilish hubbub. And Bach, he would head all of his compositions with the initials J.J., meaning Jesus Juva, which means Jesus, help me. And he would end all his compositions with the initials S-D-G for soli de gratia, which means to God alone be the glory. At CWC Life CV, we prepare our worship services for one thing alone. And it's encapsulated in the words of the psalmist 
In Psalm 115, verse 1, who penned, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name. Give glory. Because of your mercy and because of your truth. The reason why we worship and prepare the services we do, it's not to shine, but to be spotlights to put the light on the true bright and morning star, Jesus. We are here to glorify Him. We are here to exalt Him. We are here to lift up the name of Jesus. And this is why at CWC Life CV, as long as God has me leading, praise and worship will be carried out according to God's order in excellence, but also with an openness to spontaneity as the Spirit begins to move and wants to move. But also, this will be a house that will invest in praise and worship continually. We will continue to be flexible. And as styles change, we're not afraid to change. But we're going to make sure it's the DNA of this house. And we're going to continue to learn new songs. And people will be like, why a new song? Because it says, sing a new song to the Lord. Father, we thank you that you're here and you've been here throughout this service. And I thank you that your presence and power are present to heal, to strengthen, to deliver, to restore, to save, to renew, to rekindle. And Lord, I thank you in the atmosphere of worship. The prophetic is released. In the atmosphere of worship, your spirit is manifested. And we come today to lay our lives before you and to offer you the worship that's due your name. Lord, as my wife shared during transition, when we take the time to reflect of what we've gone through through you, we realize we have history with you. Lord, I thank you that you've seen me through. Not only when I thought I was through, you've even seen me through at times when others said I was through. I thank you for your abounding grace that has proven sufficient. And I thank you that that grace abounds here right now. I know, Father, somebody's come with a heart desiring your strengthening of them right now. Oh, God, stretch out your hand and strengthen. Somebody needs an uplift today. God, lift them. Somebody needs a touch in their body, and I thank you that you're the healer right now. You're the deliverer right now. Somebody needs your comfort. Thank you that you're that. You're the comforter. You've sent the comforter from heaven so that we wouldn't have to journey through our pain alone. And so I'm going to open up this altar right now. You say, Pastor Angel, I need God's touch 
in my life. I need God's strength. I need God's peace. I need His comfort. I need His help. I want you to feel free right now to begin making your way to this altar. And I'm going to invite prayer warriors to join me in agreeing because we know, we know as we heard in the song we that when we call to the Lord, He does answer. He does answer. He does answer. I'm telling you, I'm telling you through experience. You can be so low that you feel there's no way out. I've been there. Oh, but I cried to the Lord and He heard my cry. And He'll hear your cry today. He'll hear you. He'll hear you, yeah. And not only will He hear you, He'll heal you. He'll help you. I know it. Somebody else, you need His wisdom. You're facing a circumstance that you can't figure out how to work through. You come. He's a God who is the true and wise God. And the Word says if you ask of Him, He'll grant you wisdom because He gives generously. You come as well. You need strength, you need healing, you need peace, you need comfort, you need wisdom. You come. You come and join these that are coming right now. As this song is sung, I'm going to believe that if you need breakthrough, God's going to meet you here today. And He's going to give you breakthrough. Yes, thank you, Jesus.